Welcome to the Birds Review, the only podcast that is by the fans, for the fans, and with the fans. I am John Katz. With me here, as always, is Sean. It's happening. It's fucking happening. And Owen. Yes, fuck the Vikings and their salty, salty, salty. <laughs> I kind of want to move to Minnesota now because apparently people there are so nice and so uh, so passive and uh, nothing bad ever happens there because apparently uh, one game in, in Philly and like their entire, all their sensibilities are gone. <laughs> you have to watch out for those wrong death squads in Philadelphia though, to be fair. I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure that... that They'll get you. It was like... I mean, that games like that bring out the worst in our fans. I'm sure there's plenty of bad things, but jeez, man. Like, they make it sound like it was Armageddon. <laughs> and, like, they couldn't, like, go out into the streets or else somebody would murder them. I mean, they, they made it sound like the Purge, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it wasn't that bad. Was it? Like, whatever. People are celebrating. Which, I mean, they happens to be... They didn't come in good faith. Like, I don't know if Eagles fans would be any better in some other places. But, come on, the Rocky statue, really? Really? The skull chant on the stairs? Yeah. Like, you, you, you're you, asking for it. You're coming here and villainizing yourself. If you come and defame our city's hero with your disgusting... Stefan Diggs? Who's Stefan Diggs? I mean, Stefan Diggs is one of the best receivers in the NFL. That's what he is. I mean... <laughs> But you're gonna put his you're gonna put his numbers on Rocky, really? No, I mean, yeah, I mean that's what yeah, I mean. I, they got they got a little bit ahead of themselves, and their head got a little big, and <laughs> they invited it. But I, what were they expecting? Like, also, <laughs> this is a championship game. Like, we're passionate fans. It's not like that bad. And the outcome definitely had something to do with it. Like, I've gone to a lot of games where everything went wrong. It, it just being really, really angry. Even, like, if they had won the game in that fashion, they wouldn't have cared about anything that happened to them. Right. They wouldn't give them a shit. They wouldn't have said it was a bad experience. But because they, got, they had their ass kicked. Everything about it was a bad experience in that perspective. So, I mean, they're going to go off on, like, this crazy, salty crusade about our fans. Then fuck them. <laughs> yeah. This game was nuts. Let's Let's jump right into this game. Because I, it, you know, I believe I believe everyone basically feels the same way about almost about about how this game went. Started off, I was so nervous. I started off, they get the ball, they drive down, you know, just weak tackling, like bad tackling. People, we just started off, we were off, and then Najee Good confusion gets beat by Kyle Rudolph for the. It wasn't even beat. He just he wasn't he wasn't even in the game. He gets completely Kyle Rudolph just. Runs in for a touchdown, free touchdown. I'm like, oh my god, it's gonna be this type of game. We're gonna be, we're gonna be playing from behind. It was, a, yeah. it was another one of those they should have called the timeout situations. They, yeah. This is the second time in like the last month or two that's happened. The last one was yeah, and as you could played one snap last week in like yeah. the first series down the field. I've never missed Donnell Ellerby this much. Like, I never thought I'd I know. Like, be saying, oh, it's, God, if only yeah. we had Donnell Ellerby. It's not even like that. It's just the amount of confusion it was causing. You could see it. Like, you could see McLeod and Jenkins. Yeah, yeah. Were, like, yeah. with that amount of confusion off one motion, you're clearly in the wrong defense. Like, you you got to call a timeout there, even if it's the first drive of the game. But I think for, like, that, that first drive – 
it was painful to watch, but I said to myself, this is all just rehearsed. Like, that's all this is. It's literally, right. they're literally going down through their rehearsed drive. And fair enough, yeah, it's working. Of course it is. They've rehearsed this all week, probably. What have they got after this? And they had nothing. They had sweet dick. This was, oh. this was uh, I mean, the, Jim Schwartz, I don't know how much he actually, like, I'm sure he game plans, but his defense isn't game plan um, reliant. His defense is more just get out there, make these plays, get everyone in the right spot. Very simplistic. He doesn't do anything crazy besides for some some interesting blitz looks. But he... Yeah, but they're, they're, they're doing better, though. Like, remember, like, the issue myself, Jean brought up a lot. Situational football, yeah, I think. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, you can see now that, like, there's no more zero-man blitzes against Russell Wilson right. where you're left scratching your head going, what are you doing? Why did you do that? Like, all the blitzes made sense. There's very few really bad matchups yeah. anywhere. And we only, like, again, we only blitzed when it was advantageous to us to blitz. Like, mm-hmm. it made sense. So, like, I, I was, re- I, the play call on offense was one thing, but I thought the play call on defense was immense. It yeah. was so good. I mean, like, just looked at it. Like, they, they literally scored seven points on the first drive and then did nothing. Nothing. The rest of the Pretty game. And, I and mean, they, they could have scored. 21 points if you like take away the turnovers if you just look at like the pure play calling perspective of it you know you know what confuses me like it's confusing the hell out of me is like the playoffs is when you bust your ass with the like the, the scouting and the play calling and you game plan like that much harder and the game plan how to beat us is out there and none of them are doing it I know that, that like that was so weird to me. Like, the, how many how many cross routes and sluggos were pulled in in either last yeah. game or this game? Like, yeah, I mean, like it's like all you have to do is do exactly what the Giants did, and they're not even attempting to do it. It's baffling. Yeah, I'm I'm like, but in that sense, that makes me a bit worried about when we play the Patriots because that we they're smart have, enough to do it. Uh, we but... do have this sense of false, uh, almost false hope. I know that we know that the Patriots are the one of the best organizations in football history. And I know that we know the Patriots are the best team in, in, you know, Tom Brady is a very, very good quarterback. I think, and a lot of people think he's the greatest of all time. Um, Either way, the system plus quarterback works. Um, And Belichick's a smart guy. And Josh McDaniels is a smart guy. And they're going to look at the Giants game. They're going to look at the Rams game and they're going to see what worked there. What can we, what can we address? And our defense I, hasn't really I been agree, tested. I agree, but I expected that. that from the Vikings. I expected that from the Vikings. The Vikings are a much smarter team than the Falcons were. Yeah. Like the Falcons are a terrible offensive coordinator, and they, they were just poorly like managed from a coordinator I mean, they tried. I expected the Vikings to know what they were doing more than they did, which is just – that confused me. And that gives me a little bit of hope for the Patriots mm-hmm. because maybe – they won't do the same thing. I, mean, I don't know. They, they just... tried it. They tried it once or twice, and we played it well. Like uh, Mills hasn't failed on a sluggo since uh, since the since Michael Ka- since he failed on a Michael Crabtree against the Raiders because that Mills has really maintained. You know what, what they do is they get they'll give up now the short routes if it's questionable. Um, they tried setting it up once or twice, but they didn't stick to it. They didn't just send people on slant routes five times. And then send someone on a sluggo. It was it was very. I'm not complaining. Vikings are a very smart team. They 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 didn't seem like they like tried anything fancy. But that could also be because that they they came into this game as three point favorites 
in an away game, which is essentially a six point favorite. On so like I think there's a little bit of the uh, you know exciting right your divine hangover. right exactly. I like, do believe a little bit in that. Like your emotions get drained, and like it's hard to concentrate for a few days after something like that. Mm-hmm. Right, there's no way that didn't affect them. There's it's, no it's, there's a history of it too. Teams have like right. really the uh, teams like, teams that endings. won on a walk off score um, in the in the past six playoff games have gone on have gone zero and six now. It was zero and yeah. five before I, this I, game, I, another zero and six. I suppose the thing for me is that going into this game was I still have no idea why the Eagles were underdogs. I still can't actually figure out the reason for it outside of Nick Foles sucked ass against the Raiders and he didn't do much against the Cowboys. Taking that out of the equation, wh- why? It, it was cra- I won't tell you guys how much money I made. Borderline <laughs> but like it's crazy it, to me how even now, even now, people aren't saying the Eagles me. won that game. They're saying the Vikings lost that game. Some people are still trying to make, make that case. Doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Some people are saying, like, do you know what I mean? Like one of the arguments people are using, of course I picked the Vikings. Case Keenum was, you know, an MVP candidate. Case Keenum led the league in QBR and all this shit. I was like, do you know what? I suppose like, I'm not trying to shit on Carson Wentz, right? And it, it, this is just to you know make the boys about Case Keenum. Carson Wentz wasn't really an MVP candidate, and neither is Case Keenum mm. because their teams aren't QB centric. They're not dependent on the QB. The difference is when we have Carson Wentz is that we can go and attack the game. We can go and try and win it on our offense. With Foles, we just play to our defense. We, we're literally just playing to our strength on defense. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I'd still don't argue take our away defense. from what Foles did. Foles played no, an Foles amazing, was amazing game. He, he, but he was set up to play it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We just played to his strengths. The game wasn't like, here, Nick, go win this game for us. It was, Nick, here's... He, oh, you, all right, they scored in their first drive and we fucked up. Well, here's seven points, okay. Rick. Don't <laughs> worry about it. I mean, I don't even think you could say that. And I'm, I mean this only half as a joke. At the end of the day, Nick Foles is... A, a Hall of Fame quarterback, meaning because he's... Oh. No, no. Yeah, I mean, this half is a that. joke because, A, he is technically in the Hall of Fame because of his yeah, record. Like, he, but, I mean, he's only... He's in the Hall of Fame because of one I game. Know, like, I know. I, that, that was why I said it half jokingly. On the other hand, like, he is really... He did have a 27 to 2, to two, to two <laughs> half year. Like, he, we have seen what Nick Foles can do. Yeah, but, I mean, everybody who saw that season know he got really lucky during that season. Like, he could easily, easily give him five, six more interceptions. Okay, but look at this game. Look at his play. Look at the – he can play on a very, very high level. Not that I'm saying that he's great, but I'm saying – was there such a a look at look at how Nick Foles produced in this game? Would Carson Wentz have done any better in this game? No, I think Carson oh, Wentz would have a very similar stat line. He, he literally played a perfect game. So yeah, yeah. Cool right. I'm saying. What do you have like six or seven incompletions in like three or four He had one ball which which was a bad pass. One was a one he one he threw down. As he was getting tackled, everything else was drops by receivers, or like yeah. nice okay. defensive the, plays. The, the biggest yeah, difference. It was a perfect Foles. game for Foles. Yeah, the the biggest difference in Foles the last two weeks against the Falcons and against the Vikings compared to the, the last couple of games of the regular season is 
I don't know if it's coaching from Doug or you know Carson talking to him or just Nick finding his big balls. He <laughs> is stepping up constantly. Into yes, that. yes, and exactly. He, what I was going to say next. Yeah, his pocket sure. presence is miles better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's not even like his pocket. It's just he actually steps up. He, before like, yeah. the, the two regular season games, Sean, like you said before, back but yeah, he just goes back and he goes back and he's go back. He stepped up. He looked like a deer in headlights sometimes, but he evaded the rush because our, like Big V played a great game. Big Lane v was insane. Had a great game. Lane yeah. also. Yeah, but the, the entire the entire O line played immensely. So like I don't know if it's Carson and the O line and Doug, whoever got through to Nick and said Nick, just step up and see what happens. That's changed completely, yeah. and it, it, that that made it from just those two games to like where he is now. It's just the fact he steps up into the pocket. That's no. the big difference. It's not like yeah, it's all you need. It's all you needed to do back back five years ago too. Mm-hmm. That was really the main flaw in his in his entire game. Is his footwork was bad, and he was getting throwing balls off balance because of it. Yeah, but like the thing the thing with the twenty seven two season was he was in an offense that was just catch the ball and throw it as quick as you can because it was hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Do you know what I mean? That was mm-hmm. like, that offense was just nothing like anyone had ever seen before. So no one knew how to defend it properly. But anyway, forget about that season. It's irrelevant now. Um, although I have to, I will say that that shady comment was so funny. It was a bit hard. Oh man, yeah, I love shady, yeah. shady. Yeah, I love shady. But um, yes, um. Yeah, look, Nick was great. The play calling was so good. The, oh, it yeah. was so good. Big Dick Doug, man. Yeah, <laughs> Doug is just, he's gone to another level on play calling. Just, there's no stupid place. Like, there's no, why are you throwing a wide receiver screen on third and eight? Do you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. There's no, it's... like, it's just like, okay, yeah, run, just run the ball, run the ball. Keep fucking running the ball. Give it to, like, our blunt and short down. Oh, you're in the red zone. Give it to the garbage. Feed Jay and Jay. He got him for a reason. Play action off Nick. Off uh, with Nick. Loads of play action. Just all the play action, and then throw the ball to Ertz. That's it. Just give the ball to Ertz. Even oh. just throwing like throwing uh throwing uh high balls to Elshon in the red zone. Now, I mean, that was exactly what we should have been doing all season. Yeah, like, and then, re- yeah. real quick, right? Just because Sean and you've been he was covered on that. Don't easily uh, catch. Uh, I want this. I want this on tape, John. Yeah. You cannot tell me Jeffrey isn't <laughs> a great signing. I I I conceded already. Don't. Uh, uh, I want to hear. I want to hear. Like you, no more doubts. Uh, 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 five catches for eighty five. Let me let me put this on record. Make it clear. I believe there was a bet at the beginning of the season too. <laughs> I was. Or something like he had to hit a thousand yards and eight touchdowns. Yeah. What about uh, it? You, I think you predicted like 600 yards and four touchdowns. It was like he could he could be in between and nobody won, but uh, if he's outside that threshold, I think he predicted 600 yards and four touchdowns. Well, listen, I I will I will concede on tape. I am 100 percent wrong on Alshon Jeffrey. He played great, had a great game. He has been playing great lately. Took him a while to warm up. I'm very excited to see what he'll do next year. But that touchdown catch that he had, that second touchdown catch that he had, great, no great play theory. all around. The, he, had, he had every single time the ball came to him almost. He, he, had one, he had, what, one drop, if I'm not mistaken, where it was hit, where it was a nice defensive play. Otherwise, he had a great game. Torrey Smith, imagine he could have had another, another 65 yards and another touchdown too. 
Like this he wasn't. Always, he's always good for one drop per game, though. Yeah. That, but that yeah, drop, that, that drop. I, I kind of agree. Like that ball, like, like it was a great throw, but like it literally hit him in the shot. Like he caught it on his shoulder, but it's the worst place. Yeah, it was also a good defensive play. Uh, whoever it was, Everson Griffin was on him. Um, kind of batted it out. It wasn't like, it wasn't completely his fault. He could have probably timed it a little bit better or tried to catch it. could have been a little bit better. Right. But still, that's a play you got to make. Yeah. It's a, it, that's, that's a the thing. It's the playoffs. Ball. You have to make all those plays. It's like Rodney McLeod dropped an interception. Like, okay, it was a nice play that he could have made. No, but it's against Tom Brady. You have to make that play. Because if you don't take advantage of the mistakes that they make, you're going to pay for it. Um, yeah, that's what I thought when that game started. Like, mm-hmm. they went right down the field, scored seven points, and then Torrey Smith dropped that. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. This is going to be one of those games. It'll be one of those games. But then, right after that, you know, they get the ball back. Um, oh, by the way, what am I saying? Everson Griffin wasn't on Torrey Smith. Everson Griffin's a D-end on their team. I don't know what his name is. 26, whatever, whatever his name was. Trey Wayne. Trey Wayne. Yes, Thank Trey you. I, I'm, I was so confused. I'm like, what? I, that doesn't make any sense. Um, and then and then dropped the ball. Um, Big V really had – I mean, I, we mentioned this already, but like Big V having a good game is one thing. Big V having a good game against Everson Griffin – is another thing. He did get a little bit help here and there, but most of the time he really held him back. And even on that, even on the Jeffrey touchdown play, right? Uh, I have it written down. Three players made really nice plays on that on that play. You had Nick Foles, who made a really nice play by by evading the pressure. You know, pulling the Wentz like stutter step and moving up in the pocket. You had Alshon Jeffrey pulling the. Uh, Pull it, just running up towards end zone, you know, not giving up on the play. And then Big V, Big V on a, on a couple of plays, right, he'll get beat, he'll get beat, he'll get pushed into the quarterback, he'll think a sack's coming, and he'll just, he'll readjust, and if the quarterback, all quarterback needs to do is, like, one move, and he'll, he'll push the defender completely away. So, like, an example of that was, like, in the Redskins game, where Wentz was birthed out of the Redskins uh, D-line, right? So, like... Part of that was is that Big V never stopped. Like he just he pushed that pile away and gave Wentz the opportunity. Or I don't, so I don't know if, if Big V being there helped, affected it or not. But in this case, it definitely did. Everson Griffin backs him up into Nick Foles. He's about to get his hand on him, and Big V just like settles, readjusts, and like shoves Everson Griffin, can, using Everson's Griffin momentum going towards Nick Foles away from Nick Foles now in the other direction, which was. Which, which I thought... Yeah, you know, I think you're getting a little too specific. I think in general, he just had a solid game. I think the whole line had a whole solid game. It could have been better in, in the run. I don't think a lot of their uh, screens went as good as they could have, but mm-hmm. you can't... It, I mean, it's nitpicking at that point. Yeah. Yeah, actually, just one thing I want to touch on real quick was... Um, yeah, I remember, John, you saying last week, like, Jarek McKinnon, like, holy shit, that guy is just... I'm not saying we Ooh. should sign him. Yeah. <laughs> That that yeah, I mentioned last week. Like that spider chart is insane. Like the guy is short, but he's super strong and ludicrously fast. That guy's a lot like, stronger than example, I thought he was. Like yeah, if you need Ronald an example, Darby like got how ridiculous. By him. Yeah, he fucking destroyed Ronald Darby. Ronald Darby had a full head of steam and was trying to block him, it and was, he put him six feet. It was hilarious on that on that pick play. Just you see, like you see Robinson, like beckoning towards Darby, like pointing him towards him. And you think, okay, so Darby's like either going to hold him or going to knock him back. And he just runs full head steam into him and just flies off like a, like a, like a fly hitting a windshield. Like it was, it was, it was kind of funny to see, but on the other hand, it was, you know, kind of. McKinnon's good, but I'm glad we faced him instead of, uh, um, 
Dalvin What's Cook. His name? Dalvin Cook no, no, and Alvin no, Kamara. No, 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 on the science. Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara scared the shit out of me. Yeah. yeah. But I did that. Whatever about Alvin. Drew Brees. <laughs> I'm just glad yeah. we didn't get Drew Brees. Drew Brees and, and yeah. And I'll take I'll take Case Keenum. Kamara, man. That combo. Yeah. I mean, the way our team played, I mean, I guess I guess the Saints defense is very different. So maybe so maybe it would be different. But like, I feel like if if we were playing against the Saints, we would have won that game too. Just as or maybe not just as easily because you're playing against, you know, that's really yeah, it's really hard. But I think, but I don't think our our you know our offense. It wasn't just like that we were beating them. It was Nick Foles was placing the ball in the right place. The game plan was great. So like I don't, I feel like the 38 points would still translate over to the Saints. Question is, how many points would Drew Brees put up on our defense? That would really be um, the deciding factor. If if either way, we got to play the Vikings and. This game was just so much fun to watch. After that one play, after the, after the, um, after, after the first two series, first, first two it, series, it was we, just a dream game. Like right. it's one of those things. Like don't pinch me. I don't want to wake up. Kind of dream games. Screen to Aguilar, <laughs> pass to Burton, which who jumped, which was really kind of stupid. Fair catch I hate penalty. That's what yeah. Neal last week. It's this is such a weird thing that like even just being around like people who play who played football. Like just incom- like any sort of like I just I've never seen like a weird habit in so many people across like professional and like to the bottom of like amateur thing in a variety of sports that have this weird thing that when a ball is coming at them and they have to catch it they jump for no, no it's I know what you're within reach about. it's within reach and it's such a weird thing because it does nothing for you except put you in a position where you're liable to be fucked up. <laughs> like, and it's so weird. Like that that pass, Trey Burton pass is a perfect example. But like, I mean, if you want to go back to the last couple of years, just watch Jordan Matthews. He couldn't help yeah, himself. Exactly. I think a ball came near. Yeah, him. yeah. Trigger. Like, yeah. and then not even like, I, I really hope we resign Jordan Matthews just way down the road. But anyway, because he's a free agent, I think that'd be hilarious if we traded mm-hmm. Jordan Matthews for Ronald Darby and got Jordan Matthews back. But anyway, forgetting all that shit for a second. Yeah. Keanu Neal's one last week was just the epitome of like, why are you jumping to catch a ball that's level with your head? And it hit him in the knee, and then Corey Smith ran off and we scored a field goal. Like, why people do that is beyond me. It's the weirdest instinct I've ever seen. And yeah. it's so consistent <laughs> across like, professional and amateur sports. It's weird as hell. Sorry to go off on a tangent. Never thought of that. Yeah, that's weird. Either way, after, after Burton pulls that move, we we uh we punt the ball. That fair catch thing, I don't know what the rule is, but he kind of just ran into Shelton Gibson, but I guess the def- it's the defender's op- uh responsibility to figure out um who uh, yeah, it's where the Shelton ball Gibson is. Made a stupid play. Yeah. yeah. It was a stupid mistake. Which is which is but man, that sucks for Second him. Like he was the row. only player on the team that made nothing but bad plays cuz that was the only play he made. <laughs> He's true. already a fringe player to begin with. Uh, and then they get the ball. It, they 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 like got a little bit down the field. Darby had no, had nice coverage on Diggs most of the time, and then we stuffed the ball. Dar- Darby Darby coverage on Diggs. We stuffed the ball. We stuffed the run. Third down. Darby gives Diggs a bit too much space. He pulls an out route and he gets the first. Then Cox had a beautiful. He ran all the way around the the the, the O line and got a pass block for one yard. Um. You got to run stuff. Sorry, for one yard. It good, good, uh, blocks. Nice, nice block. Nice pass block, and then 
Case Keenum going back to pass. Chris Long runs into him, forces that ball. Robinson catches the pick, runs it back for a pick six. Um, that at that point, um, the he called league, that too before the game. I didn't know that he did. But he called it. He yeah. said, I'm, "If I'm gonna pick, I'm not going out of bounds." <laughs> I mean, it was great. <laughs> it was it was really reliant on that on that Darby like suicide thing, but it was it was. That no, I, I like yeah, that mentality. Chief loves those too. He yeah, but I, those. I also I, I love that mentality, like of of just you know I'm not gonna settle for anything. This is a Chris Chris um uh what's his name what's his name I'm forgetting Chris Carter um when when he talks about when he talks about when he was a player and when he was a veteran how he would how he would like coach up his, his the younger guys in the in the wide receiver room and he always says like during the playoffs like he had these set of He'd have like these 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 po- this point system, and like you'd lose points every time you ran out of bounds, every time like you 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 t- fell down. He said like, no, you're in the playoffs. Like you got to take that hit. You you got to fight for those extra yards. Every yard counts. Like everything. Don't settle for anything. And like I really like that mentality, especially in the playoffs. Same thing as I loved Doug Peterson's call when 40 seconds on the clock to 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 drive down the field and try to get the field goal. Like it's more than just like playing hard it's or playing risky it's like just this mentality of don't leave anything on the field take as much as you can and robinson was 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 ready to get a a hit and be stopped at one yard but he was like i'm going i'm going for the six points there's no reason not to he reinvigorated the defense and he reinvigorated the offense and at that point you might as well say calling out blocks man yeah (laughs) i love that like another part of as well was that um Darby was about forty yards out of the play as well when that happened. Like, oh like, yeah, he may have got his ass kicked, but man, he said he <laughs> made up so much ground to make that play. It's crazy how much ground he covered. If you watch, he because when when Robinson's going down the other sideline, he's not he's barely moving, and he's inside the Eagles half. And then as soon as he sees Robinson cut across, most people will just stand and watch. Still, he. Oh my god, the speed of Darby mm-hmm. is insane! How fast he can move, how much yeah. ground he can go. It's absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, we you know at that point, like you know the game's not over till it's over. At that point, like now looking back, especially that basically that took all the air out of the offense, the miraculous offense, and sort of gave so much energy. The link, the link erupted. It that was that was you know. That was Huge extremely yeah. loud. Huge momentum, but it also it got the crowd. Like the 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 first two the first two series like took the, all the air out of the crowd. And this series, they were driving down the field again. And that play by Chris Long and and Robinson completely like reinvigorated the whole stands. And they, basically, that that high never dropped until the end of the game. So after I think after, the dagger was the end of the half when they scored ten right. points in seventy seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you go into halftime like that just happened. Well, we there were, were only there were a lot of daggers. Seventeen, like, no matter if it's seventy seconds. Like you got you got also that like, the it's, it's so funny as well because like I was I watched the uh, Jags Patriots game really hoping the Jags would pull off. To I actually oh, of had course. a feeling the Jags could do it. Um, Until and fourth I was quarter. Really no, but yeah. I, I thought the Jags could do it, and I really want. Like, I obviously much prefer Blake Bortles than I would Tom Brady, but uh, um, when like they had the opportunity to go and you know at the end of the first half to go and try and score, and they took two knees to end the half. I was so oh yeah angry. 
Because <laughs> I don't even like from a thing of like, oh, you're throwing the game. It's just like, why are you so defeatist? Like, yeah. why aren't you trying? You've got timeouts and you've got a decent enough field position. Why are you taking a and knee? You got like, a good kick go and kick a field goal, you idiots. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's one thing that Doug's, Doug's got the yeah. best 30-second offense in the yeah. NFL, man. And, and Doug, really, Doug really hit the nail on the head in the press conference. They asked him about it, and he said, listen, this is the playoffs. The last thing you want to happen in the playoffs is for you to think, oh, what would have happened if only. So I see this opportunity. What's the worst that happens? What happens we throw a pick and we and we tackle him? Like, what's the worst case scenario? We throw a pick and we go into halftime after having thrown a pick. That doesn't make a difference. Best case scenario, we get another three points. You don't know how important those three points could come in. So in this game, those three points didn't matter. Against the Patriots, those three points matter a whole of a lot more. And they are... And those three points could be the difference between winning or losing that game. And I will back Doug, Doug's decision every single time to try to run down the field. Ten seconds. Like, during the season, we always said it's, it was training yeah, for Carson Wentz to get that, to, to get some, some you know, two-minute drill mentality and less. But I feel like it's just, no, it makes sense. Be as, be as hard and play as hard as you can because this is your last game that you get. If you if you don't do that, yeah. But the only reason it makes sense to take a knee to end a half is if it's like, if it's just as likely you could the other the defense could score because you have to throw a really right. awkward pass, or and you've no timeout. So it's like it doesn't even if you do get down the field. Do you know what I mean? If the odds don't make any sense, or if your team is playing like ass and you just need to get out of this half hmm. and you want to get the guys into it, that's it. Other than that, it doesn't make like why the Jags did that. I have no what was going through their heads, their coach and yeah. like the coach's heads to go, all right, take two knees to end the half. Oh my god. But yeah, like and that's the thing, when you're playing the Patriots, you can't play like you have to take everything. Like you have to be perfect to beat the Patriots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's no wiggle room. <laughs> Definitely. I do think that they're be more beatable this year than they have been in years past. Yeah, their like defense can but, be exposed. I think their yeah. their offense is kind of like the same for so long that they've got so much tape on them. <laughs> yeah, like the, I suppose the thing the thing again I suppose we'll probably preview the Patriots game more in depth soon. In depth yeah. soon but like like I suppose the main thing for me is like it goes back to like when before the playoffs. I think like, I don't want to play Drew Brees, and if we get to ball, I really hope we don't play Tom Brady. It's, it's purely because. There's just this intangible factor about it. so people hype up the quarterback position so much and like yeah whatever Case Keenum and Nick Foles like like Tom Brady is I don't care what anyone says he is the best quarterback ever <laughs> he might be forty but he's still the best quarterback ever yeah and the, and the good parts yeah, about it are, but it's are his brain like like Drew Brees is the third like he he's got the third most yards in NFL history and like you can't take that away from him. nothing you do will ever take that away from him. It took Minnesota, a team that's that's a lot better, a miracle in order to win that game. Like he he came off the field with the with the lead. Yeah, at the end of that right. game, and he's so good, right? And that's it. And that's it. If you think Drew Brees is good, and you think oh Peyton Manning's good, and all oh, Joe Montana was good, and like all the mm-hmm. guys who played quarterback. I, I I will fight. I'll argue now. Brady is the best ever. Yeah. Ever. I I agree with that. It's as, as painful as it is to me. He he could be playing with a defense of eleven Leotis McKelvins, and I still <laughs> picking against Brady because he's so. God, awesome. there it is. Got it. Ring yeah. the bell. We got we got to mention the we'll we'll get a Leotis McKelvin bell for next year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
it's it's so fucking infuriating yeah. that like this season we have to fuck like, if we could have played Bortles, we could have had Bortles. Oh my god. We I would have taken any other team from the AFC, even the Chiefs, and I would have been sure after what we played this game that we're gonna win. Now we're playing the Patriots. Even I have doubts. And I'm a fan. But you want to something funny as well. If, even if we were playing Bortles, we'd still be three-point underdogs. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. That'd be great. Because Jacksonville yeah. has such a good defense, right? Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, by the and way... the quarterback didn't get in. Yeah. Something, something I, I noticed about... about, uh, about in this game, it kind of just dawned on me. We've mentioned it before, but I really want to, like... Michael Kendricks, he went from a linebacker three who was barely on the field. He took over that linebacker two spot, and he played it very well. For 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 this season since Jordan Hicks went down and we replaced and since Joe Walker went down, like I'm very impressed with Michael Kendricks. I know we've we've been talking about him a lot in the season. I want to give him a shout out right now because still not, he's still not a good fit for our defense. Is the problem? I, I mean, he could be. He's not. And a he, good does fit. Miss, he does I, miss. He does miss open tackles. He's a square peg in a round hole. Yeah, yeah. That's the best way to describe him. I, think, I, I, I I'm I hope, so. I hope we could trade him away to another team. To use I mean, like, he would work great on, like, the Vikings, but yeah. he, he, that's just not that great on our kids' worse. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, he, he has stepped up. I know if there's one guy I really want to give a shout out, Bradham has stepped oh, yeah. up his pre-snap play so much. Like, just the amount of stuff he's doing pre-snap now compared to when Hicks was there. Not only for himself. Yeah, why would he he's, he's, he's controlling he's the playing, defense. He's playing so much better. And, like, again, because that's in Jenkins and McLeod, I, I, I thought the bulk of it would fall on Jenkins and Cox a bit, but obviously Cox can only do so much. He's playing D-tackle. I thought the bulk of it would fall on Jenkins, but uh, Bradham has stepped up. So yeah. the amount of movement, shifts and things he's calling and spotting, I'm just like, oh my god, and, thank and you, Bradham. good calls. Like, I, I, one, one play, he, he he shifts the whole the whole, the whole whole D-line. The We were playing, um, I'm forgetting what it's called, three, people, three, three men on the right, and he shifts them all, like, two steps to the left. And Derek Barnett just shoots the gap right into the run and gets an opportunity to break to break up that that run play. Like he he he's doing a great job. He is actually like I I want to resign him next year. Like he in my in yeah. my opinion he's a must sign. We don't have anyone who's playing on his level on the linebacking core besides for Jordan Hicks, who's like a, a clay pot seemingly now. Yeah, and all I'll say real quick about the linebacking core and excuse the pun, but. There, there's no good reason to have Najee good on the field at the moment. Yeah, I, I like, I like, I used to like him, but man, I, like, but even on special teams, like he doesn't like even do anything like say. Yeah, like, he wasn't. He runs, he's good against the run. He's absolute liability in the pass. He, he was so good last year. He, he was a lot better last year. His play definitely deteriorated from last year to this year, very noticeably. Like last year when he would come on the field, I wasn't scared. Of him, but then we had a lot more problems. So maybe they, we didn't we didn't notice it as much because when you have a uh, uh, Leotis McKelvin on one side and uh, Nolan Carroll on the other, then you know they're not going to attack your linebacker; they're going to attack your corners. But last year, I thought yeah, I, I thought think, he was much I better. Like, I, feel I think like he just, dropped think a lot. Up. Yeah, but it sums him up that you can just get Darnell Ellerby to walk off the street, and mm-hmm. he's better than him. I and mean, Darnell Ellerby, we we saw he has. He like he. I don't think he would have made that mistake against Kyle Rudolph. Like he has he, the brain. He might not have the oh no, physicality. His yeah, mind even is. He would have got, got beat. The, the, the only linebacker we have is Kendricks, who could realistically run Rudolph. They, that was just they rehearsed it. They literally said, "If we, they'll be in this coverage. 
right? We're going to keep doing this. We're going to catch him in man. We're going to move, uh, what's his name, Murray out wide and watch what happens. They're going to get confused and Rudolph was just, that, that, it was rehearsed. It was, that was totally rehearsed. rehearsed. But yeah, and that's why it worked. And it doesn't make okay. Najee could look really bad there. He looked worse because he had no idea what to do. That's mm-hmm. my point. Like the fact he didn't even know what yeah. to do. Some look, but the time which have been called, there was too much confusion. But even just taken away from that, just the game in general, he doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Like at least like you know Brian Brahman makes the odd play here and there, and he looks really cool running around the field with his hair. <laughs> <laughs> Najee good doesn't even have that going. <laughs> I mean, and uh, yeah, I just I, I've had enough. Of him. He's not he's not he's not the oldest McKelvin, but ding ding ding. But he's just why are you mm. there? You, there? There's someone who's better than you somewhere. Why are you there? Do you know what I mean? That that's what really annoys me. Yeah. Him. But anyway, uh, then <laughs> then uh, then uh, we we get them. They go. They get. They punt the ball to us. Um, and then Ajay, Ajay ran. That, that that first run by Ajay was the most impressive to me. Um, he out, he just outran Everson Griffin. Like Everson Griffin was in the was there to make a stop, and some other running backs would have probably been been closed. But Ajay has that speed, that has that edge speed that he just he put his hand out, ran around, and got ten yards for it. Which we basically got like if it's a fifteen yard shift because that was five yards into the backfield. So great play by him to start off. It starts, you know, you're feeling the momentum coming. Nice bullet by Foles to Jeffrey. Tight window. Um, then, then we do the Aguilar jet sweep again. I don't mind throwing that in because it's just another thing that Bill Belichick's gonna have to factor into his game plan. Um, another way to confuse their defense. So I don't mind. It's if- not, yeah, it's not gonna work against linebackers that um, right. that the Vikings have. It can work against the Patriots linebackers, right. that's for sure. Um, then nice catch, you know, Zach, Zach became yak today. He had a lot of, he, nice had, a, yak he had a little bit of, a little bit of yak, little yak Zach <laughs> yesterday. He, he had on third down 10 yards. He catches it a bit, a bit behind. He runs around, gets, gets the first great, great yak by him. Um, Lane Johnson, you know, blunt blunts running Lane Johnson helps blunt over the line. Um, Powerful run by Blunt. Blunt, you know, Blunt's touchdown was. You feel bad for Sandeo. Like he's Sandeo's a grown though. man. Sandeo's a grown ass man. And the Garrett Blunt is like, no, I'm getting into this end zone. And he lowers his shoulder, and this grown ass man gets pulled back as if he's as if as if he's a little as if he's this little yeah. boy, little boy trying that to any line, stand that, in front of a I mean, car. That's. What Blunt is like any linebacker will get torched like that. The problem is, man, he gets stuffed at the line so often. And that was refreshing because we've been running Blunt at goal line just because that's what you do. It's Blunt. Mm-hmm. You got to run him at the goal line. And it's been failing miserably for weeks and weeks and weeks, except for this last, except against the Falcons when they ran it outside, kind of mm-hmm. threw him for a Misdirection. loop. But just trying to run it up the gut with Blunt on the goal line has not really been working until that one. Because he gets by the line, he got to the second level. Once he's at yeah. the second level, he's unstoppable. But well, especially these, this enough. second level, because they have smaller, quicker linebackers. They don't have big, tough. Big, I think big, he, tough guys. he'll bowl over any linebacker. I think he's. I think he's bigger again. He's bigger than any linebacker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, very few linebackers playing a two fifty. Oh, of course. Um, <laughs> like, the average weight of two thirty five. Yeah. I mean, at this point, like, I could just list off the name of the defensive players that I think played well. Like, on defense, after this point, 
we basically shut them down. Um, you know, you had the, I guess you had the Derek Barnett, um, strip sack, which was, you know, I wasn't really sure what, what the Vikings were doing. It just seemed like a miss, like, like a misplay by their lineman, but they, but their lot, but their, uh, fullback sort of, sort of went and, and tried going for the block. So I didn't really understand what was going on there. Um, if, but that might just be me. Like I'm, I just don't get what they're, what they're doing. Like why, why, why they just let Barnett go in without being challenged? But he runs right in, gets a strip sack, um, which I thought was was great. Um, yeah, yeah, and he's been uh, he's been he's, so close, for, yeah. like all season. He's kind of had a little bit of a Brandon Graham season where mm-hmm. like he was so close so many times, and that one finally landed a huge time, dude. That was. That was, I think, probably the, the, the real dagger. I mean, there's like three daggers in this game, but like at that point, they had a drive yeah. going finally. Their offense is finally moving. They're getting into the red zone, and boom, another turnover. It, mm-hmm. It's just like, what? if you're not anybody on the field at that point, you're like, God, I mean, like, is anything going to go right? At right. Offense? <laughs> and it just takes the morale out of the team. Mm-hmm. Um and then uh, Clement had a really nice play that I really liked, and I I'm very interested in what we're gonna do with Corey Clement because he's looking more and more like a reliable, tough back. Like he he he's he's a pretty small guy compared to running backs, if I'm not mistaken. He's pretty pretty stout. He's tall. He's not tall, but man, he's he seems he seems like he's like a smaller figure, but he's rough. Like he seems like a discount, he's like got a bigger. Great- balance yeah i think that's great balance thing. like very similar to he a little bit reminiscent to darren Sproles. he's just he's bigger so it makes more sense and like he isn't as uh nifty with his feet but like he i'm i'm very impressed with clement i'm very excited to see where he goes but for all i know he'll end up being like smallwood and by next year have you know be a non-factor on the team because that we draft some some running no, he's no he's consistently played better Smallwood was always wow. He he's really flashing. Like he's got some talent, and he do it consistently. Oh no, he's injured again. Yeah. And he's terrible in pass protection. And Clement's been doing amazing with well. No, Smallwood is really good in pass protection. I was like the Smallwood strength yeah. over like every. Uh, I didn't see it. No, definitely because I remember like, there was like a run for a while where nobody, none of our mm-hmm. running backs could pass. No one back. could make pass protection. Yeah, and then Smallwood came back, and he was like lighting linebackers up, and I was like, "Thank you, somebody who can finally throw a block." For right, it was after Sproles got injured. Yeah, and like, okay, so I, I, but I'm not saying okay, I've, I've, not so much gotten off to a Smallwood train. I was again, I kind of liked him and all that, too, to the thorn a bit, but he never did it consistently. It was mm-hmm. just like that guy has potential. Like, there's flashes of talent there, and he can do everything. But Corey Clement is just like it's again, man's like, David Johnson. He seems he, like. He just, He's just making a play every time he touches mm-hmm. the ball, almost. and you can't argue with that. And he doesn't. Like, he he doesn't. never. He never steps out of bounds. He never takes a knee. He always. He every single time he he had the ball, he made he made a defender regret regret trying to take him out of bounds because he put his shoulder into him and got an extra yard. It's not just about the yard. It's much more about the mentality of the defense. Like what that does. That extra hit. Like instead of just go out. What do you care? No, you you hit the guy. It gets into his head. Messes with him a bit, but like realistically, like you know, what I mean, next year, like we don't even need to drop because keeping JJ, keep Blunt, yeah, keep Clement. Well, I don't know about keeping keep Blunt and just get rid of Kenyon Burner. Yeah, um, yeah, 
Yeah, Kenny know. Byron's only there because Sproles is hurt. So. Right. Exactly. You, like, it, it's not like we have to get rid of one. Like, you're going to get rid of him. Fair enough, get rid of Lagarde. He's old and he's... Right. You know, Blunt's probably... He only signed a one-year contract anyways, so... I'm assuming Blunt's not going to be back, but who knows? Just watch, though. We get rid of Smallwood, and then he goes to the Patriots and has, like, lights out. <laughs> yeah, that would be... I mean, Smallwood... I mean, he has potential there. So, like, no no one no one claims he doesn't have potential. He just... Yeah, it's, it's potential. part two. So... <laughs> the only other one is, right... Fucking Patrick Chung. Patrick Chung was like the worst yep. ever watched in my life when he came to the Eagles. And he, he was grand when he was in the Patriots before he came to the Eagles. Then he went back to the Patriots, and now it's Kirk Coleman 2.0. Like, oh. Yeah. Even, even, even Eric Rowe. Even Eric Rowe is playing pretty well for the Patriots. He had a lot of nice plays in yesterday's uh, game. No, no, Pat's fans don't rate him at all. They, really? they don't. He, he's not playing great. Oh. And like it sucks because like he he literally has the greatest name for a corner ever like Death Row. All you have to do is be reasonably <laughs> good and but like branding for life. You you make a fortune off that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, poor guy. Either way, the, after this, you know, Clement gets gets a nice run for a screen. Smith gets a nice catch and run. Foles throws the ball away twice, and then you know we have that great play by Big V. Um, well, Big V gets beat by Everson Griffin. Everson Griffin drives him back. It, you know, um, uh, Foles makes like his Wentz impression, stutter steps, um, gets the defense a little bit off its place. Jeffrey runs up the field, touchdown. At this point, I'm thinking like, you know what? Is this going to be a Is, blowout? No way. No, at that point, it's definitely blowout. Like Mike Zimmer, I'm thinking to myself, listen, they're going to go into halftime. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to drive down the field. They're going to try to get some points. Like. They're gonna they're gonna get like a field goal at least. They're gonna get back in this game. Mike Zimmer like completely outcoached Sean McVay, who did a number on our defense earlier in the year. So like I can't imagine he couldn't he couldn't dial anything up. So I was I was like very very interested to see what what was gonna happen. Like at this point, I'm thinking to myself, kind of hoping but not really certain. Is this a blood? Is this not a blowout? Um, then basically we we. We they they pass the ball. Corey Graham forces Jerry McKinnon out of, out of bounds a lot of times. Like it was like four times during that during that drive that they drive driving down the field. Diggs gets gets between between the zones and Keenum just misses him. And then and then we 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 basically get a sack on Keenum. He throws the ball away. And then and then they punt the ball. We get the ball in twenty. And you know I'm not expecting anything. I'm expecting Doug to go for it. It would drive down the field. Run by Ajayi Ertz. You know that this is one of the yak zack moments, and we get we get the field goal. We 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 drive down. And we get the field goal. I was very impressed. I'm like, hey, at this point, I'm like, this is gonna be a blowout, isn't it? Like they're not scoring another point. We that was completely blow to the gut for them. And then we get the ball, and and then we get the ball coming out of the, coming out in the third quarter. Quick passes to Tory Smith. Um, Foles delivers beautiful pass. To Jeffrey while being hit on third down, it was it was very impressive. Like he gets hammered, and he fits a ball into Jeffrey. Jeffrey runs for the first down. Then then screen screen play. Smith has a nice run, and then flea flicker out of all of the plays to pull. I mean, I guess the and game, he wasn't really that open. <laughs> it was just a perfect. It was pass. a perfect pass on a flea flicker, and like it, it's so funny. You hear Foles in the post game, the post game interview. And he's just like, and so people ask him like, "What's going through your mind?" And he's like, 
I'm just trying not to laugh because, like, we're pulling a flea flicker, which is, like, it's the oldest trick in the book, but, like, it's, like, such a silly, like, play and concept. And played to perfection. That was great. I, you know, on one hand, I always feel like any of the gadget plays that we pulled out, I kind of feel like, should we have pulled that out now when we don't need it if we're going to be playing the Patriots and every advantage that we can have we should utilize? So like, no, yeah, I mean, you, no, it just, I mean, you, if anything, it just gives them one more thing to have to prepare for. I mean, there's a time and place for trick play as well, like a gadget play. It's all about like, don't call it on third and one, you know, just run the ball on third and one. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's you all get about, second and four. That's that's when you do that shit. Exactly. Like, do you know what I mean? There's, it's all about timing. It's you never run a trick play for the sake of it. It's got to be set up. Like, you've got to be in a situation where it's like, right, they're not going to see this coming, and if it doesn't come off we're okay. Like, we're not going to lose a game. And we're not in a position where, like, we need three points or we need a touchdown and we can't risk not getting it. Like, that's that's all we ask for when people are going to start pulling trick plays mm-hmm. out of the bag. Is that, do you know what I mean? That It makes sense. Rather and, than, and, like, he learned from Andy Reid, so you know he's got at least 30 more where that came from. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, at this point, like, I just, I felt, I started feeling bad for the Viking. It was, I'm not going to lie. Like this is never. It was like so good. it was like it was like last year, with the uh, when the I think I think it was also championship round. Yeah, that the Falcons played Green Bay and Falcons just embarrassed the Packers. Like this is just this was embarrassing. No, no sympathy whatsoever. It was beautiful. And that was that was, that was after uh, the Packers' miracle comeback. Yeah, same exactly. situation. Same. And Jim, do you want to know, like I think the 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 most enjoyable thing about blowing them out was (laughs) is that even after like the Falcons and we were real big underdogs against the Falcons and now we're underdogs against the Vikings right reaction in the build of that game in the media and just people in general online was uh yeah the Eagles got lucky against the Falcons the Falcons didn't turn up the Falcons were terrible Uh, no but okay fair enough right and I could care less but that's why it's even sweeter because Rather than just give us a little bit of credit and go, eh, but the Eagles play pretty well, and like maybe they shouldn't be three point underdogs at home in the playoffs outdoors against a dome team. No, forget that. No, no, they're underdogs because they're not really that good, yeah. are they? So every single point is just like, oh yeah, tell me, tell me again about how we're not that good. How, are we not that good, really? And the problem is, if we tell, lose tell in the again, Super Bowl again. to the Patriots, we're still going to be considered to be not that good. Like, Blake Bortles played really, really well. All the respect that he got, completely lost. I love salty Minnesota fans. I oh, love salty right. fans. Um, I it, loved every <laughs> single point of it. It was beautiful. And thinking, like, the only people, like, who, the only people I can give credit to for picking the Eagles in the media were... were Trell owns LeSean McCoy. Shady McCoy. Shady McCoy Dan actually called. Yeah, Dan Griziano, right? And Stephen A. fucking Smith yeah. of people Come picked on. the Eagles. And they, they made logical arguments. Like, they, and most of it was just like, the Vikings got lucky. The Eagles didn't get lucky. If you want to make the argument, oh, the Falcons didn't play well. They didn't play well because the Eagles were better than them. Mm-hmm. That's it. But and people... their play calling was atrocious. <laughs> But, and but so whatever, but like that's thing, and like I'm I'm happy that we're going to be underdogs again. Obviously, I think we would have been underdogs regardless of who we were playing. Oh yeah, for sure. Titans. Jacksonville but, has such a good defense. They have Calais Campbell, and they have um, yeah, Jack, and they have yeah. Blake Bortles, who's been playing really well. Like, yeah. 
you wouldn't get credit no matter what. Yeah, exactly. It's it, but it's fine. I can do that. Just again, as I said, since like since we since Wentz went down, all I've wanted was this season to end with us not killing ourselves, like not doing something so stupid <laughs> that we threw everything away. Just go out, play conservatively on offense, play stellar defense, play stellar special teams. Don't do anything stupid. Don't take any needless risks. Mm-hmm. And I'm fine with it. If, if we lose, we lose. I could care less just as long as it's like that. I can live with that. Just don't do something stupid. And, you know, like say, for example, ta- try to tackle a receiver with your head down on the last <laughs> game. Yeah. Mm. Um, don't I, lose like I that. Think, <laughs> I, think, I think something that, that, that like can be factored in to the, to the reason why we're being so underappreciated is... I feel like our team is a very is is a system team. It's not like a it's not based off of playmakers per se. And not to say we don't have playmakers like Fletcher Cox is a beast, but like same way as Carson Wentz was really really good, but yet the system was made in a way in which even Nick Foles could be really really good in it. That applies. Like, just, I think it's very have... similar to the Patriots. Yeah. How the Patriots have like a system. Therefore, like Patriots don't seem to have amazing players until after they get this. You know, Malcolm Butler is only considered to be amazing because of that pick in the Super Bowl. Until that point, he was playing very well. He was doing his job, but yeah, but he's he a was... Super Bowl hero. So, right, like, exactly. Remember, but like, like, that's just a, but like, the thing is, every team is a system. So like, that's that's a mute. The thing no, is, no, not are... not all teams are t- our system teams. The Seahawks, every... the the Steelers, they're not a system team. They're they're a, they're yeah, a player the team. They're a, a tree. star team. No, the Seahawks are a cover tree defense first team and then their quarterback pulls plays out their ass they haven't got a system on offense like every team is a system do you know what I mean like some teams are more uh, like we're going to like it's a coach team where the coach puts his thing in place and he doesn't build it around the players that's that's a that's a bad system like say the Titans for example that was a bad system this exotic smash mode they kept running hmm. with a spread option quarterback but anyway look the thing is the Eagles don't have any star players especially on offense Alshon Jeffrey was never a star he was always borderline he was always below julio and aj all that stuff right same with Ertz. Ertz is oh he's good but he's not gronk he's not kelsey oh uh, yeah no nelson Aguilar. well look he came out of nowhere he's still terrible though in most people's eyes tory yeah. smith's never been good jason peters is a hall of famer but he's gone he's injured oh lane johnson lane like, johnson is probably a hall of famer yeah yeah lane johnson he's just a right tackle he's a great right he's, he's but he's just right what can he do right oh carson Wentz is an upcoming star Carson Wentz was our only real star on offense. A defense mm-hmm. is just the thing is right because we haven't got that. We're underrated, right? But the thing is, we don't have holes anywhere. Yeah, anywhere. Our, our team from top to bottom, except for Najee Good at the moment, is really good. Like top to bottom. The problem is, yeah. is that fucking the Patriots, fucking Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. you know what bothers me about the Patriots is like they don't have a great offensive line yet somehow Tom Brady will never have pressure against them like I, it bothers me <laughs> how well their offensive line protects every single year mm-hmm. because I, you just gotta get pressure on Brady and force the ball out quick and hit him in the mouth a few times but like yeah. I just don't understand he, he seems like he just stands there forever yeah it's, it's, their only line isn't that bad. It's just like okay, but he, he has like, our D line is the best in the league. I, I don't care what anyone says. Jackson Saxonville, whatever. Fuck off. Calais Campbell can hold Fletcher Cox's jockstrap. Keep <laughs> okay. And Brandon Graham's on another level at the moment. Chris Long is a beast. Bo Allen's a beast. Derek Burnett's a beast. Vinnie Curry's a beast. We go seven or eight. Timmy Jernigan's a beast. Don't forget about right? him. 
yeah, right. Exactly. Our D-line is stacked. We are going, we, well, we have to get after Brady. If we can't get any pressure on Brady, we've lost. It's We're going to get that. pressure on Brady. Yeah, we have to, and we well, they know we, we have to. Fletcher Cox is going to get double teamed every single snap. Not that it'll completely take away yeah. the game, but he will. So I mean, he was double teamed every single snap this game, and he yeah. still wasn't out of the game. So He wasn't out of the game, but he wasn't nearly as impactful as Obviously. He but yeah. he still and got a sack, and he got... And that's why I think Brandon Graham and, and, and Vinnie Curry uh, didn't have a very good game, because they should have been able to feast with all mm-hmm. those double teams and cocks. Yeah. yeah, but Keenan was just throwing dump offs to Keenan most of the game. Yeah, that's true. And he was just throwing dump offs because he uh, don't, don't, don't look. We'll get after Brady because we have to. Like mm-hmm. we have to. We have to get pressure on him, and the, we need to. The, again, the, do me. I suppose if you want to get into preview on the, the page skin because talking about that rest of the Eagles game was just well, how amazing. We were um, how we, let's actually jump into that on. It's the game plan again. The, the road to victory is there. Like there's a clear path to victory. It's oh, it's not ball, nearly so as clear. It, it's it's yeah, Tom but Brady. It's, it's, it's straightforward. It's simple. It's run the ball against our not so great defense. Like force it down their throat. You don't need to run keep the ball. Tom Brady on the sidelines. Yeah, keep Brady off. Keep Brady off. Yeah, we're good. Okay, don't do anything stupid with the ball. That would give Brady the ball on no our thirty yard line, for example. If, please, against the Patriots. Don't... You can't make any mistakes. No, you can't. You can't even drop balls. Like you can't drop picks. You can't drop passes because that don't make you pay for every single mistake and bad play yeah. that you make. Okay, it's- yeah. And once we do that, we just, if we can establish an early lead, like the Jacksonville Jaguars did, except not be pussies about it and start kneeling out at halftime. Mm. Instead, no, actually keep pushing and pushing. And pushing. What you do is then you make Tom Brady hold on to the ball for that extra second longer. And then all of a sudden, Chris Hogan isn't that good. And neither is Danny Amendola. Oh, Danny Amendola, he's like Wes Wilker, except a little bit faster. No, he's not. He's okay. not. If Gronk is there, well, fuck. I don't, I don't even know what to do with Gronk. <laughs> so, Malcolm Jenkins him. could... Uh, okay job okay, on trying Gronk. To, trying to... <laughs> Yeah, we got nothing for Gronk. We got nothing. No, no, no one has anything for Gronk. You just no have to know. I think Gronk. Jordan Hicks would have the best chance. Against yeah, somebody like you got. You're just yeah. gonna. You're just gonna have to assume that Gronk is gonna get at least one touchdown or something like that. I mean, I think Malcolm Jenkins could maybe take him a bit. Um, okay, the, the, the main thing is, is that okay, but it goes back to the Falcons game. But I said before is don't let Julio Jones beat you. And just don't like Gronk. If if Rex Burkhead beats us, or if does he even play for the yeah, Eagles? Yeah, he does. or Dion Lewis, or I can live with Danny Amendola or um, Chris Hogan. If they go off because we're doubling Gronk, so mm. fucking be it. Just do not let Gronk waddle down the field with his broken legs <laughs> and the body. But he's still just this specimen. Like he is the biggest mismatch in football. Yeah, full That's- stop. It's 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 petrifying to play against the Patriots because that they I mean this is something I've noticed with them all season long. It's like this theory hypothesis I've been coming up with um, that I've been thinking of. It's been like circulating in my mind, but I really feel like this is true, even though y- you know it could be taken a bit further in, into conspiracy. But I really feel like Belichick has a game plan that's very simple for the first half of games. Right, he doesn't mind going down in the first half of games. He doesn't mind playing it simple, having his offense struggle, having his defense struggle a bit. Right, that way when you go into halftime, 
right? Even if you're not in the lead, you feel like you're doing really well. Then Belichick at halftime adjusts to your game plan. It's not so simple, but you don't have that much to adjust. Like the Jaguars basically didn't adjust anything because that they were being successful. So you have nothing to adjust to because you, what you need to do now, if you, if you're coming into halftime with the lead, you need to adjust to what they are going to adjust against you about. Right? It's so it's 4D chess, which makes it a lot harder on you. Opposed to on Belichick, it's, okay, they're doing X. They're going to continue doing X because they see X is working. Now it's time for me to adjust and and counter X. And, yeah, okay. Which, which makes it a lot that. harder. Nah. Okay. Bill Belichick. I didn't, right? say, like I didn't say they're purposefully is... going down. I didn't say they're, pers- they're purposefully okay, losing points. Okay. I think that they that they're playing simplistic in the first half, so that you come and think that you're doing really well, even if you're not in the lead, right? There's much less things to adjust because that they're not doing that much, and then they come out second half and they have a lot more, and they've adjusted to what you're doing when you have much less to adjust to what they're doing. That was okay. all I'm saying. What I what I'll tell you it is is that Tom Brady is the best quarterback ever, and Bill <laughs> is the best coach ever. The best coach ever makes the best adjustments, full stop. He has seen everything. When something new pops up in college, you can guarantee a coach or an assistant from that team that yeah. is successful on offense or defense is brought into the Patriots to tell them how they're doing it. A la <laughs> Chip Kelly. Right? Chip Kelly was literally in the Patriots telling them how to run his offense. I don't <laughs> know why he did it, but I, I, I'd have a hard time saying no to Bill Belichick. So, yeah. Um, he, this is that's all it is. He is he makes adjustments like nobody else, right? Where we make a lot of great adjustments at halftime as well. I think I'll give our team a lot of credit. I'll give Doug and yeah. Jim Short and if it's Frank Wright, I don't know who else. They make good adjustments. Bill Belichick, whatever we are doing, he will adjust for. Now that means we still we still he still to establish he can stop it. Now hopefully they do have to adjust to us at halftime. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that it. I get what you're saying. He could be happy and all that in the role, but all it is is that he has he whatever they see. And that's why he's never like excited when the Patriots score a touchdown or like in any way emotional because he's a robot on the sideline calculating yep. everything. Yep. He's 15 moves ahead of everyone. It's terrifying. <laughs> it's 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 absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Though I, this fucking team. I think any that, other team. <laughs> I think that I think that um, it's it's um, with with Bill Belichick. And Brady and their adjustment. I want to make a call on this podcast right now, which is a risky call. Um, but I, fe- I don't know. I something circulating. Like Doug Peterson is a very is very good at adjusting at halftime, but he is, but he's also very good at scheming. At, at, at you know, I think he sets up. He he he. You, we we rarely go out to a game. I mean, besides for I guess the Seahawks game, um, where, where you really feel like like Doug did a bad job game planning against these guys. Um, and I think that that like there is potential for this game to be looked back in 10, 15 years and sort of be uh, a sort of like passing of the baton, maybe. I know this is very fanboy, um, and I could be 100% oh, wrong. But, yeah, you are. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's be. something you want to talk about after you win. Like, I, I guess, I guess. But this could be, this could be, I mean, Doug Peterson has a lot of similarities. They're very different because Doug's a very emotional coach. And Bill Belichick's a very cold, do your job coach. But on like a scheming level, I don't know. I don't know. I just I got this feeling, and it's probably a super fanboy. Doug has a to me. long way to go before you even like think about doing that, right? Here's my hot take, if you will, for the, this game, right? From an Eagles perspective, and this is this isn't a hot take for that. I genuinely mean this. Um, 
I am happy. Okay, and this is considering we're playing the Patriots. If we're playing Jacksonville or someone else, I'd probably have a different take. But playing the Patriots, I am happier that Nick Foles is at quarterback than Carson wins for this game. <laughs> because if we lose, it's much less of a blow? No. 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 Why? no. That's why I am, actually. Because I, I, if we that's, lost that's, this with, with Wentz, I'd be, I'd be mortified. Yeah, it would be our best I feel like this is – it's yeah, house money. You know, it's, it's like okay. we're playing that, – That's we, a part. We can't lose, you know, mentally, I think. Like, I will yeah. never be – Terribly disappointed if Nick Foles loses to Brady. <laughs> oh no, we should have won that game, kind of shit. Okay, fair enough. We, we went, went, yeah. Why you happy it's Foles? Okay, okay. Well, here I tell you. Okay, I think we have a better chance of winning this game with Nick Foles than we do if Carson Wentz is playing. That's how hot this take is. It's spicy. Oh my god! Head, I can hear the Eagles for... fans chucking their computer out okay. the window already. Fair enough. Right, hear me out on this. Right, the reason for it is is that. Carson Wentz has a Brett Favre element to him, where he will do something stupid with the football, and it will work most of the time. And he likes to make plays, he takes the initiative, he is awesome, he's super good looking. He is super good looking, um, and I love him. But Carson Wentz is, in my opinion, more likely to do something stupid with the ball and because he will feel like he has to take the game to the Patriots. Like, he has to win this game. Whereas Nick Foles, to me, is just the happy-go-lucky idiot who's oblivious. He won't <laughs> crack under pressure yeah. or become clutch because he's oblivious to it. He has he is oblivious to what's going on around I don't, because he's not he hasn't got that killer mindset that like say thing or he hasn't got that swagger that Jalen Mills has like he hasn't got that killer Tom or he hasn't got that you know swagger whatever he's just chill and it's exactly what you need in this situation yeah. you just need someone who's going to go and go right Earth is open on a five yard dump off but Tory Smith he's in triple coverage and he's kind of open <laughs> fuck it <laughs> go for it <laughs> And that's the thing. And I think, again, it's, it's, I'm not shitting on Wentz. I'm genuinely not. I'm just saying from where we're at right now and how we need to play this game, we have to keep Tom on the sideline for as long as yeah. humanly possible. Like, there should be. I want to say that needs to be emphasized on, in, the, in the fourth quarter. I think you yeah, can't definitely. give him a chance in the fourth quarter. Order. You want to be up by at least a touchdown with the ball with like eight minutes, and you want to grind that yeah. eight minutes. But on the other hand, you that don't want to. What terrifies me? Yeah, you don't. You, problem is, you also you don't want to stop what's working. Like you don't want to take your gas off the pedal when playing against the Patriots. Like on one end, yeah, it would oh, be no, very no. good. But, but if but we're doing if really just, well in the past, you don't want to give him the last possession with oh, a chance to no, tie. You don't. It's um, got to be able to. You want that fourth quarter to be a. 10 to 12 minute possession quarter for mm-hmm. listen i i'm not so certain that i want the game plan to be run the ball i agree with wasting time on the clock but i think that if Foles plays the same way he played this game he's not going to play perfect he can't, he, he literally played perfect <laughs> like, you could say that like but 11, he played perfect no. at the second half of last game too like what? Why not? What's gonna change? What's gonna be different? Yeah, it's not he... like he's playing a harder Regret. defense either. He played a perfect game yeah. against arguably the best. He defense can in listen. League. Nick Foles it is is Nick Foles. 
And no one's going to claim he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. No one's going to claim he's amazing. He could do a very solid job. If he does what he did this game. He could become a fucking legend, dude. Like a fucking legend. That 27-2 season, that's like, that was like phase one. This would be phase two. This is, this is, this is, I don't think it's so simple as run the ball. Like Shady, it's funny, uh, on ESPN or NFL, I think, Shady was on one of their shows and he was Sean McCoy, and he was like talking about the preview of the game, and everyone was sitting there saying, "Oh, they have to run the ball. Their defense really has to step up." And the Sean McCoy is just like, "You guys know, I know Nick Foles. Nick Foles is a boss. He can throw balls. He had a twenty-seven and two season. Let Nick throw. Let Big Dick Nick throw the ball. Let him get there. That is that is more key to us winning. I don't want to limit. I don't want you to take the ball out of Nick Foles' hands." If he's playing as well as he did today, as well as he did, as he did yesterday, I'm very happy with the game being in Nick Foles' hands. If he's gonna play on the level that he played yesterday, and I'm completely fine with that, and I have no problem, and I have no reason to say let's take the ball out of his hands, unless really he's struggling in the beginning. So then we run, and then we do some play actions, and then we RPOs, and you know we sort of we sort of you know build off of that. That's completely fine. But until but until Nick shows me that he can't do it. I have complete and utter faith in Foles, and I think a key to this game is let Nick throw. Don't hold anyone back. Let the game progress naturally. I know you're playing against the Patriots, and you have to factor that in, but also you don't want to, just because you're playing another team, you don't want to take away what makes your team so successful. And right now, what made our team so successful was Big Nick throwing those balls. Okay, but I, 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 Nick, Nick Foles completed 26 passes, right? Mm-hmm. Twelve of them were to a running back or a tight end. Okay. Like, like he. Okay, I'm not. I'm not trying to shit on Nick Foles. Okay, we don't want to get into a QB off with Tom Brady. No, you don't. Ever. Yeah. But uh, do what you did this game. Ever. You're playing against the saying, worst saying, defense. I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying. Oh yeah, let's go out and run the ball on every single snap. I'm saying let's not go out and throw the ball on every snap. Like let's run the ball. Keep Tom standing on the sideline, getting annoyed. Yeah. Keep the defense fresh because if Tom Brady is allowed onto the field, he—I'm not trying to be funny, right? And I, I hate the fact I have to say this—he will fuck our defense. <laughs> he will. He's going to fuck He's our so defense. He's so good. He's so good. It's not fair. He, yeah, I mean, he has to be down and he has to hold on to the ball. Otherwise, he is going to fucking bend our defense over and do whatever he wants to. <laughs> and if we go out onto the field and go, all right, Tom Brady just fucked the defense. Let's go and throw the ball three times and then punt it. I'm going to cry because it would be impossibly hard to watch because it's just like you're playing into his hands. Run the ball. Yeah. Keep running the ball. Put the pressure because what you do is it's the thing, the beauty of the clock is that it's not infinite. It runs out. So the less less time he has, the more urgency he has to have, which means the more plays he has to throw, or more uh, throws he has to force, more plays he has to hold on to the ball because oh, he's not quite open. And that's when the fumbles mm-hmm. come. That's when the sacks come. That's when the interceptions come. Not when Tom Brady has, we threw the ball three times, 40 seconds came off the clock. So now he has three minutes and three timeouts to mosey down the field at a leisurely place <laughs> and talk to Giselle in through his head. <laughs> you know he is. Because what the uh, fuck else is he doing? He can yeah. he could go out and quarterback with his eyes closed. <laughs> yeah, he... It's infuriating. It's, it, I mean, I think that I think that our defense is a much... He's very good at at, at scheme defense. I know, I know, I know you think all defenses are scheme... 
But some defenses rely on playmakers, and some de- and and some pe- defenses, for instance, the Saints' defense relies a lot on Marshawn Lattimore being on one side of the field, um, and the Seahawks' defense relied on Richard Sherman being on one side of the field, even though they played a basic cover three and whatever, they cover cover one, I think, right? Either way, they it, our defense is much is 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 very simple. We don't do crazy things besides for our bits our blitz plays. We're, we're going to be man. We're going to change it up for Mantazone here and there. We're going to keep Tom Brady guessing. But we don't have this 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 elaborate system which Tom is going to be able to yeah, pick apart. Well, he'll, he'll it's much more just put the players in the right spot. He'll see, he can see a mismatch immediately when, when they line up their offense. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, okay, that's he, the problem. Yeah, here's the thing, right? It, our defense matches up pretty well with them. Okay, the, the only match we should have is Gronk, and that's 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 just a given. That's just a fact. Okay, there's nothing we can do to change that yeah. except double him. <laughs> Even if you double him, it could be a mismatch. Like exactly, <laughs> it's that big. Mismatch, right? But the thing is, right? You playing zone. The Jaguars literally said we lost this game in the second half because we, for some reason, made the decision at halftime to play yeah. more zone. You Don't can't go play soft. zone against Tom. You Ray. can't go soft. Yeah, you like whatever. Like you can play off as long as you're playing like yeah. you've got a man on a man. That was literally Tony Romo's half dime notes. Like, what do the Jags need to do? Play, play man the entire second. Half. Yeah, <laughs> there's no reason to. Not I mean, play man. their corners are are very like I I I think very highly of Mills. I think he has a little bit more to go. I think Darby. You know, my opinion on Darby is still completely forming. I have to see how he does in the beginning of next season, but. We're, their their corners are a lot better in man to man than ours happens to be. We have a good matchup against them, but you know Mills on Hogan is a great matchup, and Amendola on Darby is a great matchup for us, and uh, whoever their third door set who sucks, um, and then you have Gronk, which is just not fair. But that's basically that's basically what you end up at. next if you're doing another podcast rather than do the whole right. preview. If we're going to do another one. Right. Um, well, just one last thing that I want to that I want to say. I want to see what you guys think. Again, based off of my uh, lead, I think that this game is going to end up falling down to whoever goes into halftime with the lead and the adjustments that that team makes during halftime, even though they have the lead. Like, if we go into halftime with the lead and we don't make adjustments, you know, playing the 4D chess of what adjustments are they going to make, let's adjust to the adjustments that we think they're going to make, then we're going to lose. If they go in and make that mistake... I think that this will fall a lot more onto the coaching, which doesn't make me feel very good. However, I'm very confident in our in our Doug, um, and yeah, that's that, that's just my last uh, sort of mini preview of the game. Um, and we're well, actually come down to field yeah. position, time of possession, and turnovers. Well, it, the game will also fall de- come down to whoever scores more points um, at the end of the day. <laughs> um, I think that that's what uh, the game will. No, but I'm I'm just kidding. Um, but either way, we're gonna. This is just like a sort of mini overall preview. We're gonna get into the nitty gritty um, next week in our preview Super Bowl preview podcast. We might discuss some things about the end of the season, some things we want to see for the off season and all that. Um, but either way, until then, this has been the Birds Review. I have I am John Katz. With me here is Sean. Fuck the Vikings. And Owen. Falls. 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 I love how salty they are about that. That so great. I was... They do that chant on our rocky steps. Exactly. <laughs>